Hell yeah. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words, you filthy, filthy bastards. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski, joined by our producer and co-host, Zach Lyons. And to my left, as always, should I say as always, are you here as always, co-host and Twitter connoisseur, Internet Keith. We are going to discuss four topics tonight. Andrew Luck and his injury timeline. Antonio Brown, all things Antonio Brown. The national media, Marcus uh, Mariota versus Tannehill. We'll get into a little bit of uh, the week one preseason game of the Titans and Eagles in that topic. And then we'll wrap it up with preview of game two versus the Patriots. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Doing pretty good. Keith is about to go to the gym. He's like, I cannot wait to go pump some iron. I haven't gone to the gym in like a week. And I feel like it's make or break time. You you it's, are you're I'm reaching on the that threshold. Yeah. You absolutely are. Because you gotta trick yourself into going often enough. Cause I feel like once you cross day four, mm-hmm. then day five is like, like oh, oh, whatever, I'm a piece of shit anyway. It's been a busy week. I'll hit it Saturday. <laughs> and and, then, then, and like, then all of a sudden you black out and you come to you're in a uh, five points pizza just demolishing exactly. yeah. just you're it's, like, I don't even know how I got here. I was supposed to go to the gym. It's Sunday night and you're Bed sheets smell like church's chickens. You've so. Uber eated a lot of uh, uh, a dessert crystal. and an appetizer. <laughs> yeah. Several grown adults have brought you hot dogs and fries. Um. <laughs> and now every time that I order Uber Eats, because I do it at least three, four times a week, I uh, always think about the, that podcast episode of us <laughs> just talking about oh, it, I- and I start shaming myself just a little <laughs> bit. But then I hit, I hit send, and everything's okay in the world. Yeah. I shaved myself out of it the other night. <laughs> To go to Taco Bell. So, like, I didn't make... (laughs) All I did was get in the car and still eat bullshit. I almost... We were all at a wedding this weekend. I almost Uber-eated to the wedding just (laughs) just to see the reaction of everybody. Instead of eating the buffet food, like, Uber-eat, like, Wild Wing Cafe or something. Do you mean mean the ceremony or the reception? Both. Why not? Just walking into the... uh, The... uh, What is it called? The... Uh, Catholic Church, chapel? the chapel, and just going. Uh, I got an order here for for <laughs> Zach Lyons, and let let uh, DJ EJ, former uh, producer of the podcast, he he was a he was a uh, usher, mm-hmm. and let him like figure out you know what am, what I'm supposed to do. So instead of taking communion, you just go up and bite the buffalo wing, <laughs> yeah. and put it back in the dish. Yeah, and what was funny is uh, my fiance, you know, she's Catholic. And, I did not know and, this. And so I was reading through the, um, what do you call it, the program, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what all these words are <laughs> and, and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? They go, uh, this they're the, the people that uh, present the body of Christ, the, the bread. And I'm like, and I'm chewing gum. And I go, well, I'm going to have to go spit this out. <laughs> so I go spit that out. And I come back <laughs> and I go, what is this? And it's Sirach. It's a chapter of the Catholic Bible, yes. Okay. Which I didn't know. I was like, the I didn't know Bi- the Catholic Bible has bonus episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> I said that to her, and she goes, "No, that book's already always been in the Bible." I said, "Well, I mean, I've never heard of it. I used to go to Christian school and was president of a youth group, it, so I know my Bible." Isn't P Diddy's vodka called Sirach? Yeah. It is. Well, is it sir- Sriracha? Sriracha, the yeah. vodka by P Diddy. <laughs> no, or, or Puff Diddy, or. We've gotten way off topic. So yeah, Daddy, but if you want to hear training camp news, Diddy we Daddy? already have a training or joint practice episode. We do have joint practice episode with Mike from earlier today, which you'll hear this on Thursday, so it'll be yesterday. So oh, you should go back and listen now. to it. I like that. Yeah, fucking a. Yeah, we just went ahead and posted it up. Just there put it is. out there. So let's get into it. Let's start with old Mister Andrew Luck and his busted calves or possibly not busted calves or his high ankle sprain or whatever the hell's going on i heard it was a little bone uh, well oh. see that's the thing is that jim ursay mm-hmm. i guess just decided to spout off at the mouth yesterday at a press conference or on a radio interview and say it's a little bone injury similar to what raheem brock and ryan deem had mm-hmm. which are both former colts players so i being the proactive you know, investigative journalist that I am, go out and search what bone injuries these guys had. Well, Raheem Brock had a fractured left hand. Oh God! Ryan Diem had a had fractured bones in his back, and so I'm thinking, well, he's obviously got that a little bit wrong, right? As like, 
okay, that's a little bit wrong. I wouldn't weigh too much in, you know, what he says. And then later, another guy, and his name escapes me or whatever, and he posted up that where we think the injury is for Andrew Luck is not where we're all expecting. So we knew that he had calf's injuries or ankle injury or leg injuries, right? Yeah. So I, I immediately go back to, well, he's not in the cast for uh, he doesn't have a, his hand in the cast, but so it has to be a back injury, right? So I'm thinking, okay, so may I tweet out maybe there's a little bit more than what we thought could be a back injury because his hand's not in the cast. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it's an ankle bone problem. Oh my god. Okay, so Earth that that is in the leg area. I mean, first off, that one tweet guy says, well, that's not the area that you're thinking of. That's the leg area. Like, if you have a leg problem, ankle's a part of that, in my in my opinion. Sure. It is. I think your leg is included all the way to your damn <laughs> yeah. toes. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so, it's apparently an ankle problem, and it st- it st- he got injured in March. And, excuse me, I just burped. Uh he got injured in March and it's carried all the way through here. In fact, he didn't start practicing until July. And you know how the Colts are. I mean, we saw it in 2017 about their elusiveness and his shoulder injuries all the way up really until the start of the 2018 season. Yeah. So they're being elusive again. And it turns out that it's actually kind of affecting his throwing motion in some July training camps. And now they're questioning whether he'll be ready week one. I think he will be just because it's Andrew Luck. You know, it's a lot. There's a whole there's a whole article out that we tweeted out, Keith. I know you'll have to log on Twitter and like try Recover to figure your out password how to and do search buttons and stuff. But it's a really good. How do you spell Twitter? Yeah, drop <laughs> to the cube. It's a uh, you probably call it chirp spear. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like Friendster. Yeah. So I look, I, Zach. I agree with you. He's gonna play Week One. Don't you think? Because it's it's Andrew Luck. Did we not go through this whole thing last year about and, and that's the thing. Is his, how bad is his shoulder? His throwing motion's a disaster. I mean, come on. It was, He's throwing Nerf footballs. Yes. And, and I'm, I just go back to the Colts You Trash episode that we had, yes. that we recorded and how stupid we all sound thinking that this is <laughs> this is a thing. And it's and it's to me, it's like questioning if Tom Brady is showing his age on the field. Tom Brady's going to Tom Brady until he actually absolutely just blows chunks on the field, yeah. right? Quit doubting Tom Brady. Quit doubting Andrew Luck and this Colts organization. It's, to me, he's going to play week one. He's going to play week one. And furthermore, I want him to play week two. I'm. I, I Are you want, that guy? Yes. Because I'm not that guy. I, I am. I hate <laughs> to say it. I, I don't want a win is a win. I will take a win at any given time. I don't care if you beat the Patriots and they've got a third of their roster on the field. It's a win. It's a win versus the Patriots, however you want to paint it. But I do want to see the Titans put up a good performance against Luck and be able to stop him, injury or not. I I do want to see it. If he's out, I'm not going to be upset if we get a win against the Colts. Ultimately, leads to you know division, potential scenarios. Not Don't get me wrong. But I do, once in my damn life, want to see the Titans beat Luck and possibly have Mariota beat Luck. <laughs> Let me say this, and, and Keith, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. Yeah. If I, let's say this was a career-ending injury. Do you, do you all care as fans that we've never beaten Luck when he started? It, like, let's say that this, for whatever reason... It's the diabetes, and they cut off Lux's ankles <laughs> and his foot, <laughs> and and he is never going to be able to play football again. Does it sting that the Colts fans can always say, "We well, y'all never beat Luck"? Because does it really matter at that point? I mean, now that he only has one foot, <sighs> didn't we win in the end? Gut reaction, yes. Does it? Yeah. I, I wonder. I, Gut I, reaction, it, yes. Yeah. It does. I don't. I don't know why because I'm definitely the type of person that tries not to put stock in that. Like I'm, I'm so, and we're going to get into it a little bit. I'm so tired of reading about Mariota and Tannehill and people overreacting to every little thing that happens on the field with our wide receivers and defense and blah, blah, blah. So I try not to put too much stock in season after season, game after game, preseason after preseason. But yeah, in the long run, it does kind of stick at my crawl that the Titans have never found a way to take that 
neck bearded asshole to task. Keith, what about you? You're a neck bearded asshole. I'm a neck bearded asshole. I don't care. <laughs> uh, as soon as he's gone, I do not give a shit yeah. about our That's kind of how answer. I am. Uh, and, yeah. and I don't care that we may not be able to ever beat the guy because there's a, a couple of teams that probably, we cannot be the only team yeah. that has never beating, beaten Andrew Luck. So like, yeah, I understand it's in the division and it's probably more times. Sure. But you got to remember, you go back and look at his 2016 season when he played through an injury. He still got 4,200 yards, and he's just an otherworldly talent. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. We just never had that otherworldly talent at any position. Yeah. I, I would say that Kevin Byard and Jarrell Casey are the closest two that we've ever had since Andrew Luck has started playing for the Colts. Um. I wanted. I want to ask this as well, because this whole Andrew Luck thing just is fascinating to me. Um, do you think that Andrew Luck, if we beat him, let's say he plays week two and we beat him, will the national story be that the Titans beat an injured Andrew Luck and maybe he should not have started playing? I don't know that it'll be worded that way, but it'll be something along the line of. Titans beat Colts. What's wrong with luck? Uh, I yeah, promise you right. it's going to be something along those lines. So, yeah. So to kind of maybe further expand where you're going with this. Yeah, it would be a somewhat like tarnished win in the media outside of greater Nashville. I mean, the immediate reaction is going to be that, but uh, depending on what happens in that second matchup later in the season, will yes. change that entire narrative. So. Yes, exactly. Um, I do say I do want to say that my theory for this is basically that it started off as like a calf injury, like they were saying. He probably tried to do some stuff like without, you know, going full speed or something. Probably messed up, twisted his ankle, has a bone spur in there now. It's kind of the same injury, but it's not. So I mean that's the thing that makes the most sense to me. And a bone spur can linger throughout the whole season, right? Yeah. I mean, he's eventually gonna have to play through pain or not play at all right it's or, either, and it could, either have and it could surgery get aggravated right either have surgery and get it removed and be out for a significant amount of time or you play through the pain of a, a bone cutting up your ankle let me ask you guys a question when you hear the word bone spur and you hear people <laughs> talk about it being in the ankle do you automatically think that there's a white ivory colored like cowboy spur just in the person's ankle like on an x-ray if you looked at an x-ray it's the bone it's the ankle and then a, a literal cowboy spur <laughs> and then a san antonio spurs it. logo yeah yeah i mean because that's every time someone says bone spur that's all i think about is like this pinwheel of death just like in the ankle i automatically think of this is so specific but you ever go to the beach or somewhere where it's like a sandy type climate and you, it's got that real rough grass that's got those little spiky burr things oh, that yeah. get stuck to your feet and they're yeah. incredibly painful. Dogs lure, like bring them in and stuff like that. That's what I think of when I think of bone spurs. <laughs> I think like somebody's just got a whole bunch of these fucking things stuck in their just heel a or cluster something. Of yeah, them. just a cluster of them stuck on their bone. <laughs> they're just awful. It sounds very painful. Like yeah. I don't ever that Kidney stones and bone spur, I think, are sound like two top five most painful sounding things to have to go through. Let me attest to you how horrible a kidney stone is. But um, <laughs> bone spurs, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had that yet. I haven't had to avoid a war. Yahtzee! So, um, oh, boy. I'm sorry. I took it there. But so I just want to throw this out there just to be that asshole. Do you call Andrew Luck injury prone? Well, you know, that's the thing that we got presented in a group chat. Would you rather have... Um, Andrew Luck's uncertainty or Marcus's uncertainty? And to me, it's like a no-brainer. I'll take Andrew Luck all day yeah. long because, yeah, he may be injury-prone, which I do think that he kind of is at this point. You have to say that he's injury-prone. But the difference between his injury-prone and Marcus's injury-prone are light years because, yeah, I know that Andrew Luck missed a full season, but you have to remember the season before and right when we came, when he came back, He's lights out. He's lights out when he played. When he plays through injury, he's still a top five quarterback. When Marcus plays through inter, uh, injury, he's a he's a bottom twenty quarterback because he just does not have the eliteness that Andrew Luck has. When 
you know, to kind of when you downgrade, when you when you start yeah. at a certain level and you downgrade yeah. off injury, you you're still better than most people. Yes. Marcus has a steep drop from when he's healthy to when he's injured. And, and I do make that comment just to be a facetious asshole because injury prone. When you say the word injury prone. It's not just injury prone as in they just get injured. Injury prone also has that connotation tied to it of he's he is he or she is injury prone and it affects their level of play, right? Injury prone is never tied to a quarterback that has like a great career, I feel like, right? Like so let's assume Tom Brady in the next three years tears his ACL twice. Does he suddenly become injury prone because he's tore his ACL three times? Well, to be fair, Tom Brady's <laughs> always listed as probable uh, that, yeah, on, on, that his, is, on the injury report. That's maybe a poor example yeah. to give because Belichick and his fucking shenanigans. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At this point, Andrew Luck has injury problems because this is a mystery, mystery <laughs> injury that's gone on for months, and it's gotten worse. At some point... Unlucky or not, you're just injury prone because you're prone to injury. This is completely hypothetical. I have absolutely no evidence to back this up. But do you feel that this is either A, the organization knowing that Ursay is a pillhead and runs his mouth and they tried to limit the amount of information they're giving him without making him feel in the dark and him having to do the whole flex of, I own the fucking team. You're going to tell me what's going on with my quarterback or... Do you think it's a case of the organization told him literally everything and he said too much because he can't fucking control his own pill addiction? I'm throwing everything on the pills. Um, I'm probably leaning more towards um, he asked for a explanation. Somebody told him some stuff. He promptly forgot it, got up on the microphone, <laughs> needed to sound like he knew what he was talking about and just picked two injuries that he could remember. And those were the two. Because I mean, I mean it, those are because that's those, a, let me tell you something. That's a 2009 injury and a 2006 injury. Yeah. So that's pretty random injuries to pick out of the whole. I mean, I, I, the whole era of Colts fandom. Yeah. Those are the two injuries you pick out. Maybe everything went black for him after 2009. <laughs> 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 Maybe he's just pilled himself into that that level of stupid. I mean, yeah, yeah I I. I don't know. I think I think in the end, at the end of the day, whatever Jim Ursay says, it's almost he's almost Al Davis, but twenty years younger, because it's like you can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth because I don't think he even knows what's going on in his whole but organization. I, but I feel like, and this is uh, this he is should. Me, this is me kind of looking at the surface area of Al Davis. Al Davis was all kind of about, like, fuck the system, right? I mean, him being the outsider, being the renegade and all that, where I just think Jim Irsay is just a wealthy, pill-popping team owner He's a wealthy. He's a wealthy uh, SAE frat boy. Like, he's that guy yes. that thinks he knows what's going on. He's the president of a fraternity and thinks he knows what's going on and everybody else is doing the work for him and nobody's really telling him and he's just getting drunk on the weekends <laughs> and fucking some chick. Actually, that's, that's you are, probably right. No, you're dead on because he's definitely the frat president who's talking about how his dad's going to help him open his practice when he leaves uh, yeah. when he leaves college. And then he leaves and his dad has embezzled all the money and <laughs> he's just, just doesn't have shit. No, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Ursay, you gotta love him though. Cause I mean, we, we get the content. He's, he's from quite the character. His mouth. Yeah. He's quite the character. He, Let's, all he had to say was just talk to my, talk to somebody right? else about it. Yeah. I that's can't. Well, he I mean, he, yeah, exactly. he got so specific. That. Like, yeah. like that's the thing is that he, he named two players names said little bone injury and just so happened these two players had bone injuries they're yeah. completely wildly different but it's just it's were they both why? fractures uh yeah so it's possible that he has a fracture in his leg could be like but a, we'll never like i don't high ankle like, like basically what's right a high here. ankle fracture it's it's your leg <laughs> yeah so i mean but he's not in the boots so what does it matter? Like even even Derek is in a boot for a hamstring injury. Yeah, I don't. But know. Andrew Luck isn't. Like, I don't know. If if there is a mystery back injury and we have not been told, you just remember, football and other f words was first on the story. <laughs> I feel like we need some breaking news music for that. Yeah. But 
It's too late to cue that up. Um, speaking of characters, let's move on to our favorite character in the NFL right now, Antonio Brown. And Mr. You Big can, Chest. You can pick either part of his body, and he's got a problem with them, either his head or his feet. So where do we want to start, his head or his feet? I, I mean, <laughs> me and Keith were kind of talking about it. And Keith, tell tell me what. Well, you already told me. So tell the audience what yep. you told me about the guy that you talked to that runs like thirteen thousand cryogenic chambers. I I did not talk to this man. I read an article about this man, <laughs> but I, we can say that I talked to him if yeah. that's a better story. Yeah, it's um, a way Keith better story. interrogated this man. <laughs> yeah, I pulled him over on the side of the street. I impersonated a police officer and I asked him some questions. <laughs> Did you give him a good ticket or a ticket for good driving at, at the end? I gave him a ticket for being a good interviewer. Uh, interviewee? Whatever. Um, so this guy wrote an article about uh, basically cryotherapy and uh, all the precautions that they have to take in order to make it safe for people to get into, you know, a chamber that is essentially the coldest thing on the planet. Um, so basically... The thing is, is they have to reduce moisture to as low a level as possible because the moisture will just send that straight to your skin and you'll get frostbite, which obviously, spoiler alert, is what happened to our boy Tony Brown here. Um, so, I'm so calling him Tony Brown now. <laughs> well, you can't because there's a former Titans named Tony I don't Brown. Give a shit. You're going to confuse I'm everybody. To- I'm calling him TB now, Tony Brown. So basically, bare minimum, he says, you got to send him in with two pairs of dry socks. Um, again, like moisture is a big thing and they have to fight. Two pairs of socks and these little, basically what we were saying, Crocs, like rubber booties that you have to wear so that you stand on this thing. It's it, Usually there's risers in there. So that you're standing on it and you're not directly in contact with like the thing that's making it extremely fucking cold in there. So you're wearing booties, you're wearing gloves. That way you don't get, you know, any kind of frostbite or anything else. Um, And then you're supposed to slowly turn throughout the entire thing. A, to keep your mind off of how fucking ridiculously cold it is in there. Um, Think about like walking into like a meat freezer at like, a grocery store or something like that's that. That's where I store my that. dead bodies. So yeah, if you got if you got a Precisely. dead body storage, think about that. Like that's that's cold, and it's just way way colder than that. Um, so basically, you're you're rotating the entire time, and then you get out after like three minutes or whatever it is. Um, so basically, he theorized that it's probably he got in there either with wet socks on, or he didn't wear the like the rubber booties that you're supposed to wear, and he just had direct contact with the floor of the hyperbaric chamber which hyperbaric chamber is that what's called no no cryo cryo chamber cryo chamber and uh and that's how he got frostbite on the bottom of his feet so so what's more likely that this motherfucker just decided to take off everything that that he was given or ignore it because i'm because you have to strip down naked at some point so i'm sure they give you the stuff and you get naked you Mm -hmm. put it you're supposed to put on the stuff and get inside the chamber so, and then they start it. Kind of like a masseuse thing. Like, you have to get under, you get naked, and you have to get under the covers before they come in, and unless you're Bob Craft, come in and give you a massage. <laughs> no uh, covers. Do you think that just he cheese. just decided, well, I'm not putting on these socks, and I'm not putting on these Crocs, and got in the chamber, or do you think that he's in France, and the entire, this France, because that's where he's at, the French cryotherapist decided, well, I'm just really going to fuck this guy up and give him <laughs> wet socks. See, and this is... And keep in mind, these are very expensive machines to have. Yeah. So, and and should I... Follow-up question to these questions that you're all about to answer. Should I go to cryotherapy on Whitebridge Road between now and the next podcast? Yes, and, you should. And, yes. and, and, and that, test I mean, this out. I'm going to answer it that sounds right horrifying i'm gonna cold. do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna answer that right now absolutely you should okay. tell me how much it is offline because i want to go as well but um so <laughs> they said it's like it it's like like having a shot of like five hour energy and some coffee and like just it's it's like a surge of energy after you get out of there because basically your capillaries like co- completely constrict and then open up crazy shit so he does this while in Paris on vacation is what he says. So I just, I'm going to jump out there. It sounds like he made this decision somewhat on a whim because during hard knocks episode last night, 
he vaguely makes a comment of he spoke with his trainer, blah, blah, blah. And then thankfully my trainer was available, but he didn't say that his trainer was, it was something to do with the, the, um, cutting up his feet or, and draining, draining the, doc, the feet. Yeah, it was the draining the feet. to drain his feet and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And then he said, <laughs> made a comment later about how thankfully his trainer was available, but he made it, it, he worded it almost like that his trainer was available later because he said he was on vacation in Paris, but he was doing some training and then he got in a cryo chamber, which leads me to believe he didn't have his trainer with him. Now I'm, I'm making a bigger deal out of this than I should. And I know that I'm not, Trying to turn this into the fucking French took his fucking feet off. I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to say that I think in kind of typical Antonio Brown fashion, he made a decision on a whim, did not consult anybody who was probably a little more connected to what this machine can and can't do. And he just jumped in, like you said, with wet socks. On. I don't I don't know that someone maliciously did that. If they did, that'd be the story of the century for the NFL, but... I kind of feel like he just said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's get in. And he didn't listen to whatever safety precautions or he had on moist socks from training and they came in and he's got the suit on or whatever the hell happens. They're like, did you completely change? You put on dry socks. Yeah, 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 let's jump in. Yeah. My theory is that he was training with some soccer players or something in France and came in, had wet socks on. Yeah. They basically said, hey, are those dry? And he was like, yeah, they're dry enough. And then he walked in and he fucking got frostbite. <laughs> what? What was that uh, end of the world, old school, um, <laughs> the uh, the cartoon or whatever that was on uh, E-Bomb's world back in the day, and it had the French, and they go, I, they don't care, but it has the <laughs> asteroid coming in or whatever. Yeah. I feel like that he went to that place. He went to like, they're like, Let oh, him get in with his feet and the fucking soaking socks. Yeah. We- the cigarettes, I don't care. Let's go have a stick and fries. I, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Get in the Maracan. <laughs> I, I, I was a big Antonio Brown um, proponent <laughs> of him coming to the Titans, right? Yep. I mean, like I was. Does This does not change my perspective of him because it, it really lasted a week and a half. This whole thing with him and this helmet thing, which is so outrageous that the NFL can't draw up a – you know, some kind of waiver that, okay, if you want to choose to wear this thing, here you go. You'll never get anything from us if you get injured and have CTE. Like, I would throw that in there and just be like, here, wear your damn helmet if you have to wear but your then, helmet. But then the NFLPA's got to sign off on that, and the NFL, NFLPA Well, you lets know one- DeMar Smith's going to sign on off it because he doesn't give a shit about I, the players. He only cares I about himself. Listen, I, there, if there's anything constant on this podcast... It's the hate of DeMarie Smith yeah. with Zach and I. And I think Mike agrees with it, too. Yeah. That, Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you there. But I'm saying that there are, unfortunately, right. legal avenues. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It is complete confirmation bias for me. That is I'm, it? Rev- I'm reveling in it. I didn't want him on the team. I think he's a locker room cancer. And I will say this. This is not going to be the last stupid-ass thing he does this season. We're not even through preseason. We're not even through game three a preseason and he has burned his fucking feet off and is now threatening to retire from the NFL about a helmet. And he's he, the only player we'll, in the NFL. We'll, get, a into, problem with his we'll get into John Gruden's reaction right. on soft talks, right. which airs with us every Tuesday morning before hard knocks at night. Oh my. So soft talks. Great. Great episode coming up after this. We'll record it. Did you like that tease? Yeah. Did y'all like that tease, everybody? It's good. It's professional. Yeah. So, rumor, rumor is, right, yeah. that Antonio Brown bought a helmet off of eBay that meets those specifications. <laughs> but he painted it, right? No, 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 no. That was a separate oh, thing. Okay. Um, so, they didn't show it on Hard Knocks, obviously, but apparently <laughs> he brought his helmet that he had from, I guess, the Steelers um, to training camp and said, I'm going to use this one. They said, no, you're not. It doesn't meet regulations. And he said, okay. Uh, he's like, what helmets do I have to choose from? And they like, gave him all the helmets, and he tried them on. He didn't like any of them. They said he couldn't see as well as he could in the old shut helmet that he was wearing. Shoot, shut, whatever. Um, and so he goes, all right, fine. I'll just use this one. And he takes it, and uh, <laughs> he goes home. He paints his old helmet that he got from the Steelers. I assume he hires somebody to paint it. Um, And then he paints it like the Oakland Raiders helmet. 
runs out to the practice field with it on there. They go, hang on, let me see your helmet. <laughs> he gives it to him. They go, this you can't practice with this helmet on. Oh my god! And he said, and he gets pissed, and he and he puts on one of the other helmets, and he practices the rest of the day, I guess. And then he does it again. He again tries the fake helmet that he painted, and he gets caught again. Like, what are we doing? How is this not on Hard Knocks? How is this not the thing? Well, why is? <laughs> and I don't want to take away too much from Soft Knocks or Soft Talks. Soft Knockers, <laughs> but. How is helmet technology so rigid that we cannot quickly cook him up a helmet that fits what he needs? Like, I'm, why? I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any sympathy on this. How many different types of helmets are there? How many NFL players go season in, season out? But if you're in the Raiders, out? don't you just, like, try to appease your star guy that After you After he spent? just melted his feet off in France? I don't think I've got any fucking sympathy for him. Well, he you should have made him some socks. He turned the soles of his feet into fucking steak frits. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I just don't. I, well, I'll never be able to eat steak frits. Thank you for ruining that for me, for, for life. Because one of my, I, one of my absolute I, favorite meals, and I've just ruined yeah. it. Yeah. You just ruined it because all I'm gonna think about is those yellow skin flaked oh. feet. But to answer, but to answer your question without being an asshole, I mean, could they? Yes, but it goes back to what I'm saying that it opens up an avenue for both the NFL and the NFLPA that I don't think either one wants to go down. Because if you grant the the face mask thing that Keith and I have talked about multiple times about. Guys were getting so ridiculous with the face masks, they were starting to look like the grill of a Peterbilt truck, right? <laughs> Hilarious looking, funny, you know, quirky, whatever. But all it takes is a guy to get a pinky caught in there and turn and the the finger's gone. Now you got some guy holding a stub of his hand spraying blood on national TV as Jim Nance goes, oh my, like... <laughs> That's why you can't grant exceptions on shit because one person does it, then everybody wants to do it, then it turns into something stupid. Yeah. So could somebody, I bet you anybody, Riddell, shit, whatever you want to call it, could drop a mold of a helmet tomorrow and bring him 30 examples. But the NFL, the NFLP, and probably, I'm serious, the Oakland Raiders probably don't want to put up with it either because they got to show his ass boundaries. He showed up to camp in a hot air balloon. He's burned his feet <laughs> off. He can't even practice. And then the way Hard Knocks put it is just he's left camp. And so I think they've had enough of it. I actually would not believe, or I actually would believe, I should say, that the helmet thing could be Gruden and Mayock saying, you know what? We're not giving into this one. Because what do you think his contract negotiation was like? I, yeah. I mean, seriously, what do you think his as, contract as negotiation was like if he's going to act like this over a fucking helmet? Yeah. I bet they were like, yes, we'll give you $35,000 for your Rottweiler to have a gold watering bowl or whatever the fuck, right? So, Keith. Would are you happy that Antonio Brown's not here? No, I'm never going to be happy that the best wide receiver in the NFL is not on our team. Um, yeah. Regardless of how bad his feet are for the first few weeks of this year, um, the guy is an absolute like beast. He He's is. uncoverable. He's he uncoverable. Is. You have like defenses are required to game plan specifically for that guy, and then the rest of the team. I mean, it's technically just when you look at it. I know because the social media dominates the news cycle. Sure. Yeah. It's really only one week to two weeks of drama. Now, I do give Lebowski this. It's probably not over. No. Uh, there is going to be no. something strange going to happen. <laughs> of course. But I will say that the idea of Antonio Brown, Corey Davis, and possibly either Adam Humphreys or A.J. Brown – Sounds a little bit more appeasing than everything else. Yeah. Because it, Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver. It does, and I will say, and you all But I, I'm on that line. It, it, look, I wasn't on the line. My defense my I'm defense of this is is paper thin, and I know that. No, <laughs> because, I don't I don't really think it Keith, is. Because Keith is exactly right. I think I think you put up with a lot to have the best wide receiver in the league. I, I, I just inched closer to the line that, okay, maybe and, he's not worth the headache. And had, but the, the, the Raiders didn't pay a lot. And th think about if we had had social media in its prominence with three other wide receivers. And I'll even use the first one as ironically as I want to. Chad Johnson. I mean, look at the stuff that Chad Johnson did without social media. That people... <laughs> I mean, imagine the shit that Chad Johnson would be getting into with social media. I think he would make old Tony Brown 
look like just the most mediocre wide receiver as far as it comes to like off the field crazy shit. Yeah. Randy Moss, even Chris Carter. I mean, I think you would see like more wideouts that would have had some serious problems outside of their football career on social media had social media been the prevalence of yeah, late nineties, two thousands. Chad Johnson would have changed his name to hashtag Ocho Cinco instead <laughs> of Ocho Cinco. His, his name would be Fortnite Ocho Cinco or some ridiculous <laughs> shit. It absolutely would be. So is uh do you think Hard Knocks is actually gonna show week three any more about his helmet stuff? They have to. They lost the fuck over it. Well, the the, uh, after the episode, they already started showing clips and saying, next week we talk about the Antonio Brown helmet saga. Yeah, but I kind of feel like they're going to give us a two-sentence answer. If if they don't, that's the end of it. If they don't, it is going to be it's going to be a shit storm on social media. They did not dive deep into this. Yeah, our soft talk podcast might end after week three. But um, (laughs) all right, let's uh, let's move on a little bit from old Tony Brown to. Mariota versus Tannehill. I do kind of want to get just very briefly into week one or preseason week one of the Eagles. Mariota, his performance versus Tannehill and his performance. And then how it's set up exactly what I want this topic to be, which is. Do we really have a controversy? Is there a legit concern uh, if this path continues with Mariota? Um Zach, I know you said last episode that if, if Mariota has or will have a poor outing. I can't, I can't believe that, that was right. And that Tannehill <laughs> will come out firing and we will have a controversy. I didn't go back and listen, but I felt like I did say something similar two weeks ago of where th- yeah. by week one or preseason week three or some stupid shit that we're going to have like a full Just came a little bit earlier. And I think we're I think we're pretty goddamn close. So let me start with this. Mariota's performance for the Eagle or against the Eagles was, I don't know, to me it was kind of expected. And plus it was all of like, what, eight snaps? Eight passing snaps, I think <clears throat> 10 snaps total. Okay, so 10 snaps total. Tannehill comes in, runs the offense for quarter and a half, two quarters. Yeah, And pretty looked close. pretty damn yeah. good. So it's infuriating <laughs> it's to me to even have this conversation because – that's exactly how I expected the preseason game to go. However, I can't sit here and say that I watched Mario to go off the field. I'm like, yeah, there he is. Yeah. And the Tannehill comes out and I'm like, oh, whatever. Like Mario to left the field. I'm like, oh boy. And, and I'll say this. <laughs> what I'm about to say is mostly from Greg Cassell's, okay. uh, his analysis of the game. He was on midday one. And he's on midday one yeah. today on Wednesday. And a lot of it has to do with what he said. And this is a good way to look at them, Marcus, and the preseason. What he looks for in the preseason game and the performance of quarterbacks are the fundamentals. Actually, stop right there for just a second. Yes. There's a reason why. Have you heard this segment that we're talking about, Keith? I have not. Okay. So, before he says anything, gut reaction, how do you feel Mariota played on, what was it, last Thursday night? Yeah. How do you feel he played against the Eagles do you have concerns? If you do, what are they? You don't have to go wild, just real quick. I thought he played fine. I didn't think he played like amazingly. I thought there was a, there's at least one pass in my mind that sticks out when he threw it super behind uh, Adam Humphreys, and he had to do a like jumping, reaching back catch, which was pretty impressive. But um, other than that one throw, it didn't nothing stuck out to me. Okay, I'm really glad you said that. Zach, finish your statement, because it's actually really crazy that yeah. you brought that up. So, finish so, your statement. So, basically, let me let me first say this about the Marcus performance before we get to Cassell. What bothers me when people talk about Marcus in one way or another is the extremes everybody goes. So, uh, I think it was John Glennon and maybe Paul uh, said something about off-target throws. So the pro Marcus people think off-target tar- throws are bad throws. They're awful throws. That's not the case. Off-target throws are technically can be good throws. They're just slightly off-target. They're there within the realm, but they're off-target of where it should be. Doesn't mean that's not a good throw, or doesn't mean that it couldn't be caught. Let's let's calm down on that because that's gonna play into your Adam Humphreys thing. But what he talked about specifically was he does not see a development in the technique 
the fundamentals and the footwork of Marcus in year five. Going into year five. Yes, it's only eight throws. He's not looking really at how the ball was released, what how the, the velocity behind it, the accuracy behind it. He's really looking at the footwork. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest difference between Tannehill and and Marcus. And one of the plays was the Darius Jennings play that Darius Jennings almost got injured on. And he said that is a pretty standard pitch and catch. Basically, any quarterback should be able to make that throw blindfolded. Yeah. And what the problem was is that off this stretch run play action, Marcus's footwork was a mess. Off this particular play, it's supposed to be a seven-step plant and throw. So you drop seven steps back, plant, and you throw it. And it's a spot timing throw that you just got to time it, and the, the receiver's supposed to be there and turn up field and go. So Marcus's footwork was a nine-step hitch and throw. So it wasn't a plant. It wasn't anything. It was a hitch and throw. Now that causes him to be a beat late with the pass. Mm-hmm. Now what people don't understand, the pro-Marcus or even the anti-Marcus people or whatever quarterback that you're a fan of, a beat late in the NFL is an hour late in anything else. Yeah. So a beat late means everything. A beat late for Darius Jennings is two yards. He should have received the ball two yards earlier so he could mm-hmm. turn up the field. Instead, he's basically out of bounds and injuring himself. Yeah. It's a beat. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Marcus is necessarily bad, yeah. but it's a poorly timed throw because of his footwork. And ever since he's been in the NFL, based on... Everything that Greg has seen, and Greg Cassell, I may not agree with him on everything. Mm-hmm. At some point, you do have to trust 40 years. I think he's on his fourth decade yeah. of being and reviewing with the NFL Films uh, group. You have to trust that he kind of knows what he's talking about, and more and more often than not. Yeah, and he has no reason to lie or right. dislike there's, him. And, and so. There's no right. reason for him to come on the radio and in Nashville and just say it and, to say and it. He was kind of dying to get on. Like he yes. said, these people need to hear this. Yeah. And th- because of the narrative between Tannehill and, and Marcus, because of this one preseason game, he goes, I don't, I'm not basing it off these snaps and this stuff. I'm just telling you what I saw in this game and comparing it to film of what I've seen in previous years. And what he's seen is that Marcus has bad throws and footwork and perceive their, his perception of pressure are those two things. So he speaks about the throw that you brought up, Keith, the throw behind Humphreys. He said that was because he perceived pressure that wasn't there and wasn't coming, and he panicked and he threw it early when he should have thrown it, you know, in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he Humphreys could have got yards after catch. Right. And that's another problem that he's continuously brought up about Marcus. And we, we've seen numerous times, and even Mike has brought up on the podcast, brings his eyes down, mm-hmm. and he panics when he sees a color of another uh, team yeah. approaching him, even sniffing him. Mm-hmm. So these fundamentals are in stark contrast to the fundamentals that Tannehill has. Daniel Hill has the poise. He has the uh, timing, the anticipation. He has everything that you're looking for, the footwork, the the stance. Yeah, I'm sh- Marcus is better than Tannehill and a myriad of other things, but it's all about the fundamentals. The Marcus is making the easy stuff too hard. At yeah. this point, this kind of easy stuff, the footwork the planting, the drop, the dropbacks. At some point, you just have to say, he's making this too hard on But himself. is that something, and I do genuinely ask this, is that something that if you get comfortable as the season goes along, something it can just snap into place? Or is that something you have to work at that is going to take game after game after game to eventually get better? Well, I will say this. Cassell said that, it, this is not a multiple having a multiple offensive coordinator problem. This is just a problem he has. 
So this is something that sounds like to me that he personally has to practice at, to work at, to... I don't know if experience is going to help it because it seems to me, if you look at the... I know it's a bad game. I, I hate bringing up the Ravens game for anything because that seems to be a big trigger point. Sure. But if you look at the Ravens game, that was week eight? Yeah, I think it was directly midseason. Yeah, and he's still having these problems year four, week eight. Wit, wit, I think it has to click at, at some point before all that, in my opinion. Keith, does it so hearing that with the footwork and kind of using the Humphreys example, does that float your opinion either other way? Um, it's certainly alarming just in the fact that um you know he he's allegedly been working I mean I'm sure he has been working on his footwork for the last two years. Like that was all we heard about under LaFleur was oh, we're doing drills to make his footwork, feet work, footwork better, you know, whatever. So the fact that we're still having those issues, you know, two years removed from that, it, and he knows it's an issue, just kind of drives home the point of like, at what point are you just not going to get this? And I mean, I've said it before on here. I've I've started breaking up with him in my mind a little bit. But um, hey, hey, PK said the same thing last week, and everybody's or maybe it was Monday, but everybody's up in arms yeah. over that. I mean. At some point, if you don't see improvement on the fundamentals, and this is what we're talking about, like you can't be an NFL quarterback if you can't make those throws. Those are NFL throws. Those are timing. Those are you taking that extra step and that hitch in that is a sack against an elite defensive end, or it's a pick against an elite safety. Like you can't do that kind of stuff and win. Yeah, so, not to not it's to mention, worrisome. Yeah, it is worrisome, and it. It does drive me nuts because I know that there is no negotiate with this next part because the whole point of being a fan is because it's short for being a fanatical person. So obviously being a fanatical person means that you're going to be all bought in on your quarterback or you're going to be the other side of it to where you were never bought in and you're looking for an excuse not to like the guy. So when someone like Paul Kaharski makes a comment similar to what Keith was saying, I've broken up with him in my mind, but he's still the QB. You're going to get one or two reactions. Either you're an asshole who never never liked this quarterback, or <laughs> B, that I told you so. Mario's never going to get it. They just need to put a Tannehill start, which still leads me back to the opinion of we don't have enough damn data yet. But yeah. for th for this particular set, I'll tell you what I am pleased about from seeing with the Mariota slash Tannehill QB battle, if you want to fucking call it that, is this. You should be pleased that the Titans have this kind of quarterback room right now because Tannehill looked really, really good. And if Mariota continues to have the issues that he's having and eventually Tannehill starts or, God forbid, Mariota has an injury and Tannehill has to come in, you got to feel confident that there's a quarterback in that room that's going to be able to run the offense effectively and productively. Because for the last several years, the Titans have had a warm body backing up Mariota. And I'm not even sure the body was completely warm. <laughs> I mean, it's just out there shambling around, throwing something akin to a pass. And just awful, awful offenses. So I think you should be pleased as a football fan, as a Titans fan, not necessarily a Mariota fan, that if something happens to Mariota, either he sucks or he gets injured, that someone can step in and run this offense until the Titans figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be. And you never know. Tannehill could step up and be that person. He could take us to win a Super Bowl, whatever. But I don't want to go down that avenue yet. What I want Titans fans to focus on is that we just watched Mariota throw eight passes. Eight passes. Yeah. And so... This is overreaction It's week overreaction. I'm not discrediting um, Cosell's take. As a matter of fact, I... I hate hearing it because it's almost like when your buddy nails it, that you're like, dude, your girlfriend sucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah. man, she's ruining X, Y, and Z for you. And you're sitting there going, this motherfucker is so right. He's so right. Get away from me. So, you know, like, I mean, it just, you, you can't help it. You, you kind of snap a little bit and you don't want to hear it. So that was a little bit of my reaction today hearing that about the, the footwork is that damn it. He's right. I mean, you shouldn't be having these problems in year five, but at the end, I do have to go back to, I can still sit back and kind of smile a little bit because Tannehill looked good, which is why I'm not really worried about the Titans this year. What I am more worried about with the Titans is, is Mariota's fundamentals going to cost us 
that thin line between 10 and six or a wild card or taking the division or nine and seven and not being in the playoffs yeah. or nine and seven and sneaking in as a wild card and getting your ass plastered by like a Kansas city or something. Right. So I'm, I don't I'm know. Throw, Time will tell. I'm going to throw a couple of uh, caveats in here. A it's preseason week one. It's overreaction week. Oh yeah. B uh, he's working with a lot of people who he's not been working with in practice. Uh, Derek Henry wasn't in the game, you know, and uh Corey Davis wasn't playing, AJ Brown wasn't playing. It was pretty much just Adam Humphreys. Uh Delaney Walker it, that wasn't That was playing. the Adam Humphreys drive. That's yeah. all that was. Yeah. That was look at our new toy that we got. Yeah. That um, was that was timing with Adam Humphreys. It sounds like a fishing show. <laughs> <laughs> timing I, with Adam Humphreys. He looks like a fishing host. Um <laughs> but yeah, he let's let's pump the brakes on completely freaking out. Sure. But it was distressing to see some similar errors from yeah. previous, like from the past. Let's hope that maybe it was just first game jitters and unfamiliar personnel. But at some point, you got to point the finger at the guy who's making the error. So, what do you think, Zach? What's your what's your what's your last thought leaving that game? My 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 honest to God last thought was, I got to see more from Marcus. Sure, and and that's not good. Like, I know that's expected because it's a 10-play drive, but I saw what I needed to see out of Arthur Smith. Out yeah. of that one I, it, I, And now it's yes. one game, I know, and we could go back to a run-heavy, boring-ass, not-passing offense. But to me, Arthur Smith was letting Ryan Tannehill, Logan Woodside just sling it all over the field. And it was a, it was fun to watch. It was exciting. It did result in a win, and it was preseason. Yeah. At what point do we think that, oh, why? And and he was letting Marcus sling it, but Marcus didn't sling it. And I understand a lot of weapons are missing stuff. It did not give me the answers for Marcus or any kind of confidence. Basically, I'm still at the same place I am, that... Marcus is going to have to show it on the field and he has yet to show me on the field that he's the long-term solution here. I will. I'm sorry. I don't mean to no, no, no. I will that, say this. that was it. If you leave the game saying that you had all your questions answered about Mario on either end of the spectrum, yeah. you're a lying piece of shit. Yeah. 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 I, I just didn't have good. anything answered. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you should only be drawing an opinion after week three of the preseason. Right. Yes. I, and I, and even then, you probably should wait. I mean, I, I will still stick with the opinion of, I did leave the game with the only concern of is it's okay? <laughs> with a question mark. Yeah. But everything else that you said, Tannehill and seeing how the offense was run, loved that. Really loved that. Which is, I do want to use that to segue into this week's game, Saturday here. Um, at Nissan Stadium against the Patriots, uh, Zach, what do you need to see? What 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 do you what do you have to see in this game? Uh, offensively, he, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna split it up offensively and def- defensively. Uh, offensively, I need to see this same kind of consistent play calling style. Uh, it doesn't have to be the same plays. Doesn't have to be anything other than I just want to see the aggressiveness because preseason is built around. The league-wide, you're vanilla, and this really doesn't show anything of what you're going to be. Well, if you're aggressive now, that that means to me like you're going to be wildly aggressive in the regular season. Now, that may be the wrong conclusion to draw from it. We'll we'll see. But to me, it's like, okay, this is a good. This was an exciting preseason game. I mean, I expected to turn it off and not want to watch anymore. And then I'm seeing passes and and just bombs and this and that. So I need to see the the play calling style keep progressing towards that. I I do need to see more out of Marcus. I don't really care at this point. I really don't care what Tannehill or Logan Woodside does. Yes. I care about what Marcus does. And we talked about it a little bit on the podcast earlier from training camp, uh, the joint practices. I really do care about what Taewon does. Is Taewon going to take what he, what he's changed his practice style to? Is he going to take it and adapt it to on-field play? That's a, that's a great point and something we glossed over about kind of our review of, of week one. Didn't even really talk about Taewon. 
Taewon comes out and starts with the drops and all that stuff again, I, I think I truly am actually done with him. Yeah. Because... Oh, his, I got I got Mike. I, we me and right. Mike talked about his rage quit in the Titans Twitter group on the podcast. <laughs> we we got in depth on it. Uh, we we went back a little forth on it, and it, it's a, it's a good listen. So yeah, I we all know no one is disputing the fact that Taewon is super athletic. He's fast. Right. He's talented. It's his mind. It's his confidence. So that's why I'm looking forward to it, Keith. Uh, offensively, looking forward to. Uh, I want to see some more from Khalif Raymond. I want to see some more from Hollister. I think that's a really interesting battle that I wasn't expecting. Was who's going to get that last wide receiver spot once uh, Cam Batson got hurt? Um, you know, you you want to see that same aggressiveness on offense, but again, it's preseason. It's fake offense at this point. Um, I want to see McNichols. Uh, the backup running back uh, who came in in like the second quarter. He looked really good. He looked explosive, which is um, which would be a great thing to have behind Deion Lewis, who's not the most, you know, hardy guy. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I want to see uh, – I just want to see some some pass rush. Uh, and also, I would love to see a game where Adoree Jackson doesn't get burned for a long touchdown. Um, I just, I want to see him kind of show me that he can put together a long stretch of the game that is mistake free because he's got everything else that you could want. He's just got to be able to lock in and lock down for the whole game. Yeah. I like it. I will say, you know, um, I, I have to agree with Zach. I've got to see more out of Mariota. Um, I, I'm not expecting to see footwork all that kind of stuff just magically, you know, correct themselves overnight. But I want to see if game one was just getting some timing stuff down with Humphreys. And that's all the focus was to more of how competent do you look like completely with the first string? Um, I agree. I don't, I don't need to see any more out of the backups at this point, other than just don't go out on the field and shut the bed. So um, and I do want to see if the if the offense tempo, maybe tempo's not the correct word, but the style of offense stays the way it is because um very pleased with it in game one. So Oh, I would also like to throw in um Guard Thunderdome two point <laughs> I want to see some more out of uh Douglas and uh and Levin and Co. Um and also I enjoyed Taylor Lewan wreaking havoc on the second that unit. Was, that was yeah. kind of fun to watch. That was fun. Um, Underrated storyline was yeah. that his performance. So much fun. Uh, I mean, aside from the part where he almost killed the guy, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun time. Well, um, I guess last comment I got before we close it out. Um, are we going to the game? Zach, are you going to the game? Uh, debating, we may have some... Uh, birthday plans so me and guest that special guest amos uh both had our birthdays in july and we both separated them separately celebrated separately celebrated. that's what i should have said and <laughs> uh so we separately. may be getting the the fams together nice. on saturday we, we 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 don't know yet but uh if that does not happen uh still probably no Keith, it's just too hot it is it's too damn hot right now it's too damn hot. For a preseason yeah. game, it's just too damn hot. It's too damn hot. Yeah. Um, I will say that I enjoyed Charles Davis, as I always do, yeah. on the call. Um, that's the, the, that's the good game. thing about these preseason games, that this is the best, besides uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, mm-hmm. uh, week one, this is the best that we get. Yeah. Preseason games are literally the best <laughs> coverage we get as far as announcers. Which, if you've not heard that or have not picked up on what Zach was saying, uh, we have Tony Romo and Jim Nance for week one against the Browns. So even if that game goes to complete shit, at least our earballs will be graced by the docile tones of Romo going ape shit and Nance going, "What a phenomenal!" How play. about all the drama that happened because they hashtagged America's team on that tweet? 
Did you oh, see did that? No. I didn't see that. People started freaking out. Wow, the guy that's not on Twitter was telling us about hashtag controversy. <laughs> that's kind of embarrassing. I, yeah. I actually feel embarrassed because Zach and I find some obscure ash. I don't find obscure. He finds obscure ass shit. Yeah. People were freaking out about it. They were like, Cowboys don't you fans? call them the America's team? And then all the Titans fans were like, wow, we're America's team. It was great. <laughs> it was fucking funny. God, I love that. Should we put up a poll and then have Titans fans pay to we remain should. America's team? But allegedly pay. Hashtag, allegedly. hashtag America's pod, by yeah. the way. Allegedly. Yeah, this is definitely America's podcast. <laughs> all right, guys. I think it is time for us to stop running our mouths so people will continue to listen to us week after week. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Cast, whatever you decide to find your podcast feed. Take the time to leave us a review. Please leave us a review, leave us a comment. And then if you get a chance, in all seriousness, tell a buddy, tell a friend, tell a parent that you listen to us. If you like our content, if you hate it, you just don't say tune in and listen to these guys be assholes. Whatever it is, just share our content. If you do tune in each week. You can find we appreciate us. It. We do appreciate it. We truly do. You can find us on Twitter at football or I'm sorry, not football. It's F words pod. We're F words pod. F words pod. It. One of these days I'm going to get that right on this damn podcast. And where can you find us on Patreon? Uh, Patreon.com slash F words pod. Hell yes. All right. For Zach Lyons, internet Keith and the somewhat missing Mike miracles, even though he did record an episode earlier today. I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. And you've just been F'd. Just been F'd.